Welcome to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. My name is Aminta Geisler, and I'm excited to spend the next few minutes with you talking about God's Word and applying it to real-life situations. The goal of this podcast is to inspire you and equip you to run the race of faith well, one practical step at a time. Because just like a weight is useless if a person doesn't pick it up and do the workout, so faith will be useless if a person doesn't do the work of putting their spiritual knowledge into action. Together, let's go beyond learning into implementing, one practical step at a time, and let's grow stronger in our faith. Today, I have the honor of having Lisa Welter on the show. Lisa is a warrior in the truest sense. She is out on the front lines working to bring reconciliation, healing, and hope to children and families in the state of Minnesota. Her journey has been one of taking these huge leaps of faith and encountering God's provision and favor when she does so. Her dedication and her determination to help fix what is relationally broken in our society has inspired me, and I just know it's going to inspire you too. She has this practical approach to mobilize communities and help kids, so of course I love it because it's practical, but it will revolutionize how you view your role in helping the less fortunate, and that's why I wanted to have her on the show today. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Minta, for having me. All right, everybody, let's pray and let's jump in. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for who you are and all that you've done for us. God, will you give us eyes that can see you, ears that can hear you, and hearts that are open to learning how to trust you and follow you and step out in faith. In your name we pray, amen. And Lisa, this is so fun to get together. You and I are busy, and so it's fun when our paths get to cross. And you were telling me a little something as we were doing the sound check today about um, a fast that you're doing. So do you want to just share a little bit? Would you mind? <laughs> sure. Well, as you know, I follow your podcast, Thank listened you. <laughs> to your 21-day podcast, and was so inspired and thought, you know, I need to do that too. And so I jumped in and am on day 15. Had a girl. How yeah. you doing? It's okay. It's been it's been amazing and yet hard at the same time. So thank you for inspiring me. Absolutely. And are you seeing just to encourage my listeners and you don't have to share details, but are you seeing God work? Are you seeing him move in your life? Oh, for sure. I would say things are getting really clear, but it's also creating um holy disruptions at the same time. <laughs> That's awesome. And challenging. Yes, it'll be <laughs> but, good. Yeah. Yes, but I do say that to people that if you d- step out in faith and do a fast, you will see God move. So I just thought it was so awesome that you're already seeing the results of that even on day 15. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so now let's switch gears a little bit. You have been on quite the career journey since I met you four or five years ago. Um, can you just share with our listeners a little bit about your background, how you went from working at a mega church mm-hmm. to now working in child welfare reform with safe families for children? Yeah. So uh, a number of years ago, I found myself in a position. I was leading a large congregation, and I had the responsibility to determine, like, what were we going to do in the community? And I also had oversight over the care ministries, benevolence, you know, life events. And I noticed that the backpacks that we were giving away and the food that was being given away was wonderful, but the problem continued to get worse. So each year, I would go back to the partner to the food shelves and found oh, it's actually not getting smaller. It's actually growing bigger. And it led me down a pathway really through prayer and fasting that we obviously were not touching uh, a core uh, 
piece of what was going actually on in the community. And so that led me out into the community to do something um, really to call the church into a more effective approach to engaging our backyard and creating change. Wow, I love that. That's really cool. It's been scary and fun, but I'm still alive. <laughs> I still have a house <laughs> and things are going well. But right, it was because you a left jump. a paid job with benefits yeah. to just yeah. go Jumped into the, the nonprofit sector yeah. with no guarantee of any of those things. Right. Yeah. But God showed up every time. Every time. Yep. And he yep. has continued to yeah. lead you and guide you. Yeah. So can you just share a little bit about, because you talked about how you felt like the church wasn't touching the mm-hmm. problem. So we're kind of putting on a Band-Aid that wasn't really working mm-hmm. at healing anything. Mm-hmm. So what did you find um, as you started to step out in faith in, in these different roles? What did you find to kind of be some of the underlying issues that rose to the surface? Yeah. So I'll back it up okay, to great. a specific day while I was at the church. And I had come to this conclusion that the approach we were taking, food drives, backpack drives, it's It was transactional in nature, but I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. And so as I was removing those particular uh, strategies, I decided to build a relationship with a local juvenile corrections facility. And over uh, the holidays, it was actually Easter, I decided like we were going to bring a team and drop off donuts. And so that good Friday morning, me and a team of others dropped off these donuts to the staff and the kids. And there was a young girl sitting at a table across the um, the hallway. And so I asked the staff about her and I learned that she was a foster kid and she had been in, in their system for nine months because there was no safe home for her to be. And that wrecked me. Mm-hmm. I stood there with a big pile of donuts And I was just going to drop them off just to show my love and appreciation for the work they were doing. And this girl was lacking healthy relationships. And so what good were my donuts going to do if I was planning to go back to the office and run my weekend uh, series for Christmas or for Easter, right? And here this child had been sitting in a juvenile corrections facility with no loving home. And we were really, really late showing up. And then we administered the wrong approach again. So to me, I learned like, oh my goodness, this is so ingrained into how we even think as pastors and how we engage our communities. Here I had the right idea to go to a a corrections facility, but I still was stuck in this like mentality of dropping off donuts, not building a relationship or building rapport with kids or children that were really, really hurting. And that's what they needed. They, she needed access to the gospel message. She needed access to relationships. And so that really is what led me and compelled me to, to lead Safe Families for Children. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is a powerful moment, isn't mm-hmm. it? When really you're standing powerful. there going, I'm oh, trying to help. And I just realized I'm not. I just re- I did it again. And I remember <laughs> the first time that I had this conversation with you, it just kind of blew my mind because I think as Christians, yeah. Um, and it's well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but we want to help. And yeah. it's so easy to do a backpack drive. It's yep. so easy to do a food drive. It's so easy to drop off donuts mm-hmm. or make a meal or whatever. Um, and so it was just really revolutionary for me to think that I, that maybe wasn't the best way that I could spend my time yeah. or spend my resources yeah. to actually help the problem. Yeah. And you know, I would say it's not any one of ours faults because we're all standing on the shoulders of those that have gone before us, right? right? And if you look at 
the history of the church for about a hundred years, this is what we've been doing. And we haven't really stopped and assessed is the contribution we're making in the community progressing the community or are we just doing it to kind of pat ourselves on the back, right? Because it turns into that a little bit. We got to make sure we're doing something. Um, But I see it more as an iceberg. And each one of us as local church leaders and congregation members are playing a role in child welfare. We just don't know fully how to engage with it. And so if you think about an iceberg, some of us are, you know, contributing to the backpack supplies that are needed. Some of us are working in hunger-related issues. Some of us really are working in the foster care system. Some of us are working with sex trafficking efforts mm-hmm. or neglected and abused children. But each one of us is staying in our own lane. We're siloed in our approach. And yet, if you look at county social services, from their perspective, the problem is getting bigger mm. and bigger And very few of us are asking ourselves, is this actually working? And those are just social symptoms of a bigger problem, which is actually the child welfare system. Now, the child welfare system would say, like, that's not what they were intending to do. But unfortunately, that is the the sad reality that a majority of our social uh, challenges, hunger, mental health issues are coming out of the child welfare system. Right. Mm-hmm. Because so many families are broken. So many families are broken. So many. And, and our justice system decides to pull them away and put kids in different homes versus trying to work and reconcile and fix what's going on within that family household. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the light bulb moment. Yeah. Is, um, and you can say this better than me, but is yeah. getting to that uh, core issue of how do we help. Yeah reconcile yeah. and find safe places for kids in the meantime, but right. ultimately reconcile families and communities mm-hmm. to all work together yeah. to help solve this problem. And it seems like a really deep matter, and it is, because when you get into reconciliation, right, that's deep stuff. But if you look at the three core commands in the Bible, Matthew 28, go and reach people, Matthew 22, love God and love others, which means you're doing it in relationship. And Matthew 25, to care for the vulnerable. I mean, Mm -hmm. those that are within the child welfare, that is our vulnerable. Right. If you put all three of those together, if you use like Jim Collins' hedgehog concept, so you've got the three circles, in the center, the three circles touch. And if each each of those circles is a command, what does the center actually look like? Well, the center is Colossians 1 that Christ came and reconciled all things to him. And so all three of those commands have to be working together for reconciliation to take place. And what Mm -hmm. we as the church have maybe goofed up a little bit is how do we reconcile? And Save Families provides an avenue to accomplish that. I love it. It's beautiful, but it's it's not easy. Right. (laughs) And it has taken a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to um, plow through... um, government red tape and to um, rally churches, Mm -hmm. um, especially in a day and age when we are separation Mm -hmm. of church and state Mm -hmm. to come to be the voice saying, we're going to work together. (laughs) Yeah. And we are. (laughs) And it's going to work out, but it is actually working out. And so can you just kind of share about a little bit about the work that Safe Families is doing in in order to start to make some of those things happen. Yeah. So Safe Families is a nationally known nonprofit, and we work in the sphere of prevention and early intervention. So how do we keep kids from entering into the system in the first place and redeeming their parents? But I just felt like, boy, the Safe Families message, it's so beautiful. 
and it, it can create a bridge between church and government to work together. And so I have been extending my arm with a towel over it and telling the county social services, like, I know what this picture looks like. I know this glacier is only getting bigger and money is not going to solve this problem. This is a people problem. This is a relationship problem. And your most untapped resource in the community is the church. The church does not typically understand its role, but safe families can call the church to attention, help them see where they find their place if the county is willing to invite the church to be a contributor and a leader in the role of the child welfare system. And so far in the Twin Cities, this is going very, very well. And we are now launching out in greater Minnesota as well. So I am pleasantly surprised to see how this messaging is actually working, but it's just collaboration and serving as leaders um, to support our local government leaders who, for the most part, are doing this out of their desire to see change in their community. And a lot of them are doing it because of their faith. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think what is uh, sad and good at the same time is that everybody can recognize that the system's broken. Yeah. And so when you're at that point, though, as hard as it is, it is very then it's easier for people to say, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to look at alternative ways to solve this problem and what can that look like and how can we work together? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really encouraged by the leaders in our state and in our county systems that are looking at the whole person. And when you look at the state of Minnesota, we really are Mm pro-family. And so they're looking for ways to keep families together. But I think the system is only capable of doing so much. Right. And if you look at why this iceberg is here in the first place, you know, I asked churches, why, how did this get here? How did this iceberg get here? And it's because we stepped away as church members a hundred years ago at the social gospel movement and said, no, we have to preserve the mission of the church. And we backed away from social justice matters. And I know that's a hot topic, that word, but if we really reflect on what our communities look like, it's because the church has not taken a responsibility to enter into this place. Otherwise, this glacier would be non-existent, right? right? So it's there and we have to deal with it. And I don't say that in a way to you know bash on the church because we, we're learning as we go. But there's an opportunity for the church to engage because counties are asking us to come and help them. And that's beautiful. And we want to show up and be on time. Right. So what does that look like then practically um, with safe families? What does it look like for the church or um, a congregation person to get involved? And um, what what are the roles that they can do? Because I want to make sure we're practical about this too. And so you know, I don't think backpack drives or food drives or anything are bad, but no. what are some additional practical things that people can do? Or what does that what does that look like? What has Safe Families kind of created for people? Yeah. So Safe Families does all of those attributes, hunger, you know, backpack drives. It's all wrapped up into the model of Safe Families. It's done in a different way. It's done in relationship. So we invite people from the church. They can also be outside of the church. You don't mm-hmm. have to be from the church to do this, right? right? We want to include everyone. Um, But we invite them to consider uh, various roles, and we mobilize people by teams. So if somebody says, oh my goodness, we have an extra bedroom, we'd like to open our home for short periods of time for little ones, that's a win, right? Others might say, we can mentor a parent. Others might say, we would want to be a leader and help towards reunification of a family so that kids and families are staying together, while others might be resource uh, partners. They're contributing the food, 
the meals, the gift cards, whatever is necessary. Babysitting. Babysitting. Yes. Yeah. But it's all done in, um, at a cellular level. So it's wrapping around one family and it tends to be about five to seven families that are serving together in community. Because again, if you look at uh, Matthew 22, it's loving God and loving others. It's meant to be done in community. And so we don't isolate folks. They're doing it together. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to watch. I, one of the things I love the most is that it's not just taking care of the child or the children, but it's coming around the, the, the parent, parent or the parents Yes, and saying, okay, we're going to invest in you too. Yes. And we're going to help all of this. Yes. And um, I just think there's something so beautiful about that. Yeah. I just love it. It's beautiful. And a lot of the parents that we serve, over time we've learned a lot of them have grown up in the foster care system. Right. So they're socially isolated. They have no one to rely on and trust in when um, challenges hit. And we all face challenges, right. right? And we all need support. And so Safe Families acts as an extended family network to connect people to people and just do life together with them. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this too is there literally is something for everyone. Absolutely. And so it doesn't like... It takes away the, I don't have time, I yep. don't have the money, yep. I don't have, you know, the energy, whatever. There's mm-hmm. there's a role that you can play uh, regardless of where you're at. That's right. So, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so I know that um, you are currently working with Safe Families and, but I want to just kind of draw this out a little bit more and just what would you say are like the two main things that we should be focusing on here in order to achieve success in this mm. area? What would you like to see moving forward? Yeah, we would love to see more people jumping into this work, that okay. more people are committed to following Jesus in a practical, relational way. We do all that vetting on the front end to make sure that you get to say yes to things that you want to say yes to. So it isn't like, what am I going to get? You know what you're walking into to say yes to it. The second part is we are encouraging people to come alongside safe families and learn how to do reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the work of safe families and even in our own lives, we get ourselves into places where we don't know how to engage in a conversation. Maybe this person rubs us the wrong way, or I don't understand this mom and the you know, the place she's come from. And I'm learning and just an observation that most people have not been taught how to do reconciliation skills. And if we did, we probably wouldn't have to go to the marriage and family therapy office as much or the mediators, right? We would have a process in place within our own homes, but also to relate to the families who are struggling. And I don't know about you, but one of my biggest challenges in life is that I am critical And I judge people way too fast, way too quickly before I actually understand what the problem looks like. And there's a process called circles that we are introducing to our volunteers to learn how to equip themselves to do this harder work. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. So tell us, there's there's a formal name for the circles. That yes. I don't want to butcher. Yeah. So I'm going to so, let you say it. Yeah. This is actually something I've been digging into and considering for probably, it's been going on for about 10 years, but we're going to call it Catalasso Circles. And that is a reconciliation process. It's actually a peacekeeping method that um, comes from restorative practices. And our goal is to center it on families. How do families work together? How do we strengthen our own families? But then how do we come alongside families who are hurting so that we understand their situation and help them belong? 
Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. So you're, you provide training for mm-hmm. people to understand how to do this. conduct and do these circles. Exactly. And bring reconciliation yeah. to families, to communities, yep. all, all of kinds it. of different places where yep. there needs to be some healing. Yep. And I would imagine those that are listening and even in my own life, one of our biggest challenges of life is grief and loss right? Kids, mm-hmm. we go through transitions as adults and how many times do we actually slow down and sit on the couch with our kids and talk about like, what does this mean to you? How are you feeling? You know, do we create safe spaces for our kids to talk? Mm-hmm. And then if that, it doesn't get resolved, that leaves a, a little bit of a, a, a wound. And yeah. right. And so as more grief and loss comes along the path of life, because it will, it just compounds. And yet circles allows for families to slow down and talk about the things that matter and gives a framework to do that in a loving and safe way. So cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if people are listening and they're saying, all right, I get this. I'm on board with this. I would like to be a part of the solution. I would like to help. Where can we send them? You can just have folks email me at lwelter, W-E-L-T-E-R, at safefamilies.net. Perfect. And um, if you miss that or if you want uh, to double check it, I will have that in the show notes for this episode as well. So people can, we'll link it up to that site and we'll link it up to the email too so that people Thank can just you. get a hold of you. Yes. So I wanted to just ask one more thing. You know, I've really seen that God has granted you favor as you've stepped out in faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the courage to leave a job with security to step out into the unknown um, more than once. Um and, and then I saw him open doors that you didn't even know that were there, or he would reveal yeah. things after you took that leap of faith. So how have you, if you just want to share any of those times, you know, how have you seen him just prove himself faithful as you have stepped out, just as a, a faith encouragement for my listeners? Well, if you feel the prompting, <laughs> you should probably spend time fasting and praying <laughs> to clarify Right. And uh, the door will open. And I would say, you know, we really have to lean in the way Joshua did. He watched for the presence of the Lord Mm. and then he moved and God paved the way. He moved the water out of the way for them to walk across on dry land. Right. And yet we just have to be obedient. And that's really, really hard. And I will say today, I'm now being paid <laughs> to do what I do. Great. And I didn't fall off the cliff and die. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was a bumpy start. Yeah. But I am so thankful that I chose to do that. And so for folks that are listening that are feeling a nudge, it's okay to jump. It's actually it the center of where you're supposed to be. And it's an awful lot of fun. It is. Yeah. Once you jump. Once you jump. <laughs> Standing on the ledge, it's a little like, um, but <laughs> yeah, but you got to just do it. Okay. I love that so much. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to share or any, like one thing you want to leave people with before we end the show today that you feel is really critical? Yeah. I would just say that, you know, there's something for everyone to contribute and make the world a better place. And I know that maybe sounds cheesy, but we each have talents and gifts that God has given us. And we are, we should be using that for the common good. And Safe Families can be a great way to start. It doesn't have to be the only way. But if you're not doing anything, it's time to get off the bench mm-hmm. and do something because people, um, people have a lot to offer. And there's a lot of power in the work of the Holy Spirit when it's in action in the community. Absolutely. I agree 100%. You know, I think the more that I read and study the New Testament, um, 
and I'm thinking in particular of one passage, but just that faith without works is dead, that there's really nothing. If your faith is just for you and so that your life can be better and you can feel God's blessing in your life, you are missing out on Mm -hmm. the call Mm -hmm. of what God has for you in that the love that is poured out on us is meant to be poured out on others. And um, he's just so clear um, over and over again in his word with multiple different authors that we are to be loving those who, that are less fortunate. We are to be inconveniencing ourselves for those mm-hmm. that are less fortunate. And um, man, I know that the times that I have been obedient to do that have been mm-hmm. some of the most fulfilling mm-hmm. and rewarding and challenging times. Totally. But it, it really... Um, you see God in a way working in your life that you don't otherwise. And it is, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You hit it spot on. It's not just for us. No. You know, reconciliation with us and the Lord, but then there's reconciliation with everyone else in the community. Right. It's not done alone. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. I just so appreciate what you have to say and we'll link up all of your stuff in the show notes, but thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Minta. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mint. I hope you were inspired by what you heard and that you were able to glean some practical next steps to help you run the race of faith. Living according to God's truth isn't easy, but it's worth it. So let's do this faith journey together. I invite you to join us next time by subscribing to the Mint podcast so that you don't miss a thing. As always, I love hearing from you. So please visit my website, amintageisler.com and leave me a comment, prayer request, or a follow-up question, and I will get back to you. Mint podcasts are directed by Annie Ramirez, and we are a production of Reckless Abandoned Ministries, an organization that is focused on loving God and loving people. We are all about feeding bellies so that we can feed souls, and we invite you to join us in the pursuit of giving love away to those who need it most. Information can be found on my website. If you would like to support the work that we do here on the Mint Podcast, You can like and share it with your friends, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app, or share a screenshot on Instagram or Facebook and link it up with the Mint website. 